uh, CrossFit headquarters at the time, this was around 2009, started seeing my work. And when I reached out to them and just said, hey, I love this sport. I love this community. I'd love to help you guys uh, film people here locally in Salt Lake if you guys ever need some work. Um, and they immediately responded. And, and uh, so that's my, my first project. I wasn't like intending to work full time for CrossFit. I was just trying to get some contract work because my goal at the time was to I was working on some documentaries and uh, wedding videos to really pay the bills. And I was just trying to get another like small side projects that I could do that seemed interesting. And that was just kind of documenting CrossFit. And so in 2009, I got in touch with them as a company and uh, the head of media at the time reached out to me immediately after he saw my email. And we had a four hour phone call that led to me then working almost uh, I was a contracted employee for like the next year until I f- moved full-time down to work for them directly. Welcome back to the AIM podcast. Today I'm joined by special guest Heber Cannon. Heber is a co-founder of the Buttery Bros and professional film director. We talk about his story getting into film directing and sports, and also about the different opportunities that he's capitalized on over the years in order to grow his personal brand and start the Buttery Bros. Before we dive into this episode, I want to give a huge shout out to the sponsor of this episode, TLF, Take Life Further. Guys, you're going to want to check them out. It's the best activewear company in the game. I absolutely love their clothes and I love training with them and just getting behind the vision of taking your life further. Use code TLF-DUG at checkout for a discount, and let's get right into this episode with the man himself, Heber Cannon. What is up, Heber? Thank you so much for jumping on the AIM podcast. Thank you for having me. Let's go. I'm so pumped about this, man. You... And you know this, man, you, you're just such a positive person. You're the kind of person people want to be around, talk to. And, and every time I see you at an event, I'm always excited to say what's up. <laughs> oh, too kind, man. Too kind. You're, you're probably like this AIM guy, this playbook guy, whatever you call me, is like you, you want to get away from me. But I love your positive <laughs> energy, man. I feed off it. Thanks, dude. I appreciate that. Let's go, man. How many, how many pancakes have you had today? Oh, today I haven't had any pancakes. <laughs> I'll try and have some on Saturday mornings with my boys, but instead we went and got bagels. So no pancakes this weekend. Okay. Bagels are still pretty solid though. They're not, they're not as good as pancakes, but they're, they're underrated. I've been, I've been on a bagel kick for like six months now. What, what do you, what kind do you eat? Do you eat them plain or do you have a special type? Uh, I'll get, I'll get one plain with like a really light layer of, of cream cheese. And then, uh, another one with a bagel sandwich with like egg and sausage. That's, that is good. I love that, man. Let's go. Well, dude, thank you so much. Like I said, for jumping on, you know, you have, I mean, you guys have created something extremely special with the buttery bros, but just all the other works and projects you guys have done, you know, leading up to that moment as well and continue to do is, is really special. So I'd love to just kind of start this off by diving in a little bit into your background, kind of your, your backstory, just before we kind of talk about this, this stuff and just kind of set the context. So I'd love to hear a little bit about kind of your upbringing and some of your interests, you know, growing up and how that kind of led into the CrossFit space and also the film space. Um, yeah. So a lot of my hobbies growing up when I was really little, I have, I come from a family of six kids. I'm number five of six. Wow. And my oldest brother was, and my grandfather were really into filmmaking and cameras. 
And when I was like five or six, my youngest stage now I have two kids. Um, my oldest brother was like 16 to 18 ish and, and was making the high school skit videos that would play at the assembly. And around this time, a movie called back to the future came out and he recreated a, a sketch comedy short, basically where he went back in time to find out how he became such a cool senior in high school. And the younger version of himself was played by yours truly. And <laughs> so that was my first experience and in foray into filmmaking. And I love the process. I love the acting in front of the camera and then watching him go back down to the basement and edit from VCR to VCR downstairs and, and basically make not just like a home video, but he made a movie. And from that point forward, I've always had this fascination with movies. Um, simultaneously at the time, I loved playing any and every sport. Uh, I wasn't like tied to one sport. I didn't always play team sports either. I, I loved basketball, but I loved rollerblading. I love roller hockey. I did karate for a while. I love running cross country. Like I never really found my niche. And through high school from that, like, you know, this was age six through then high school and my senior year of high school, I was doing the same thing he was doing, which was making short sketches for the assemblies at the high school. So I was filmmaking and uh, that was one big hobby. The other hobby where I spent a lot of my time was uh, I'd finish school. I'd go to swimming uh, for a swim practice. Then I'd go to uh, a boxing gym to throw gloves just as an exercise. And then I'd go home and I'd weight lift. And I just kind of did all things fitness because I just loved working out um, and being active. And then sometime I found when I found the sport of CrossFit, it kind of hit me that like, not only do I like the sport, like different sports, like basketball, and uh, I played rugby for a little bit or cross country or track. I just liked working out, you know? And so this was the perfect sport, which was just the sport of fitness, but the sport of working out. And, and I fell in love with it immediately. And that kind of led to what I do now. That's, that's awesome. I love that. That's so cool to hear. I think it's, I just love hearing people's, you know, how the family aspect bleeds into kind of what they do and hearing different people's stories. And, and obviously I'm sure you are very close with your brother, if he made that impact on you and, and, and that way, but that's awesome, man. And the CrossFit space is awesome. And it's cool to see how that has grown. I'm, I'm not very deep into that space and obviously I'm, I'm younger. So I haven't really got to see kind of the evolution of the sport. Like you have kind of, I'm sure you have stories about that. We can get into later, but that's awesome, man. So Leading up to that, you kind of got these two interests. You got the filmmaking, you've got the, the the sports, the athletic, the CrossFit space, and you start to blend these two. What were some early projects where you started to see them come together? Oh, well, I, I found CrossFit as a just finishing college, and it was an expensive hobby. Um, you know, at the time, paying for a gym membership, I could go to Planet Fitness, and I didn't really <laughs> understand what a, I mean, it's a great gym for people that like it, but for me, it wasn't the best fit but it was a cheap gym and it was affordable. Plus you got tanning for like 20 bucks a month. <laughs> like it was everything you could ever want. And so <laughs> now looking back on it, that's probably not the best thing you want to do. Anyways, uh, I would pay for my CrossFit membership by making videos for the gym, whether that was like instructional content that they could put wow. on their blog or um, my first big project for them was just making a, a big commercial. It wasn't really big, but I shot it over the course of like two months just so that I could, have the excuse of going to the gym multiple times without having to pay for a membership. And so for like, I want to say uh, I paid for like two or three months when I first started, then I started doing contract, not contract, uh, but uh, for trade for my videos. Freelance, yeah. 
Yeah. And then uh, CrossFit headquarters at the time, this is around 2009, started seeing my work. And when I reached out to them and just said, hey, I love this sport. I love this community. I'd love to help you guys uh, film people here locally in Salt Lake if you guys ever need some work. Um, and they immediately responded. And, and uh, so that's my, my first project. I wasn't like intending to work full time for CrossFit. I was just trying to get some contract work because my goal at the time was to I was working on some documentaries and uh, wedding videos to really pay the bills. And I was just trying to get another like small side projects that I could do that seemed interesting. And that was just kind of documenting CrossFit. And so in 2009, I got in touch with them as a company and uh, the head of media at the time reached out to me immediately after he saw my email. And we had a four hour phone call that led to me then working almost uh, I was a contracted employee for like the next year until I f- moved full-time down to work for them directly. Well, what were you kind of experiencing emotionally during this process? I'm sure you were probably freaking out. Uh, sort of. I mean, I, w- I was a big fan of it, but I didn't realize, I mean, I, I quickly realized the potential and where it was going to go, especially back uh, documenting that specific season. So this was the 2010 season of CrossFit. Um, because I didn't like, I was really in love with the sport. Um, but what I learned that first year of working with them was about the community and the, and what fitness is about. And that was really like the first year and a half, like the CrossFit games are a big flash and they're really cool. And it's all about the, how far the human potential is capable of doing. Um, but then you find out like really what is fitness and you learn about what the gyms are like, what the community is like, and you really just fall in love with the people. And so I had like zero intention of working with CrossFit full-time. Like I wanted to go to Hollywood and make big feature films and, wow. and like do other stuff. And this was always just sort of a side project until it kind of dawned on me in like 2013. And I was like, Oh, this could be, this is a lot bigger than I, and, and I really should see this through. No doubt. That's amazing. So post-college your intention, <clears throat> excuse me, your intention was to do something in film you wanted to be, be in that space. And then it just kind of, these different opportunities just kind of opened up and you just, you went after them. And that's kind of how it happened. Yeah. Yeah. I remember for the first like six to nine months of working with CrossFit that my, the guy that I worked with at the time, Tony kept asking me every week, like, Hey, when can I get you to move to Santa Cruz? When can I get you to move down there? And I wasn't all in. I was like, nah, dude, I don't want to move to Santa Cruz. It's not LA. That's where I want to be it's not warm enough. It's kind of crappy weather. Uh, it just wasn't like an appealing place for me to be. Um, but then as I saw the growth potential of the sport and the business and the community and what CrossFit was capable of doing and transforming people, um, I put the goals of going down to Hollywood on hold and, and, uh, agreed to move down there to Santa Cruz. Um, but yeah, that was never the intent. I didn't like call CrossFit expecting to get a full-time job out of it. I, I just reached out to them to, to do some side work on my journey to go be an actual filmmaker. I think, I think it's crazy to see how our intentions as, as humans can be one way. And then, you know, God has different things in store and, and small things you don't realize can open up and change the trajectory of your life. Yeah, totally. hundred percent. That's awesome, man. I want to talk to you kind of about the creative side of this. So you obviously, I mean, you and your team, you guys are extremely creative. You guys have, have a very, y'all are very skilled and very gifted in that way. Everything you do is very, very unique. And I think that just, I think that's amazing. 
do you think wh- where do you think your creativity came from like where do you think the origin was do you think you were born like that or do you think that's something you developed through that just passion for wh- what you do how do you think you got that um it, well, it's, it's definitely a team effort in terms of what the buttery bros are doing like marzen's extremely creative julian is also he's our motion graphics guy kind of our art director he's extremely creative so we have three really creative minds but for me personally um I see creativity as a muscle that you have to learn to flex and, and strengthen. And if left unattended, it, it can wither. Um, I was lucky enough that my dad was very sports enthusiast. He loves, you know, his weekends are spent going to football games. Like right now he's in his eighties and he, uh, he volunteers to like, well, he's like the, you know, when you go to Walmart and there's the greeter at the door, he yeah. does that at the university of Utah football and basketball games like that. He just loves doing that. That's awesome. Love sports. So that was instilled into me on one side. And then my mom was and uh, my mom and my dad's mom also were e- extremely into the arts. And so my mom forced me to play the cello growing up um, and forced us to go to like plays. And uh, <laughs> so I grew up in my summers going to like the Shakespeare festival um, and, and really interesting and creative different worlds of, of uh, physical versus creative Um and so I, I credit a, a lot of that creative side to what my mom and dad were doing uh, with specifically my mom and interacting with us in a very healthy, artistic way. And then also, like I said, my brother got me into filmmaking and seeing uh, he went on to become a lawyer. And I always was like, why didn't you pursue this? Like it, until it, I guess that's not true. My senior year of high school, it dawned on me that I could be like you could make money making movies. Like it wasn't just a hobby until that point. It was always just a hobby that um, I could do for fun. But then that year it dawned on me that like, oh, I can make a living doing this. Maybe I don't want to be a stockbroker. Maybe I don't want to be a lawyer. I want to make movies and I don't care if I make money doing it. It's, it's a passion and it's fun. And then figuring out how to monetize it was was a whole nother creative process as well. So um, I think there's two sides to that. This is a long answer, but uh, growing up, being lucky enough to have parents that pushed it on me. And then now as an adult, looking at my passions and finding ways to be creative about how to expand my artistic reach and, and portfolio. Yeah, that's, that's actually a really good answer. Just kind of summarizing. So you think it's like, basically, it's a balance of both exposure, but also effort, energy, and action into what you're doing. And just kind of the blend there is what's created the, the high level creativity. Yeah. Like, like, so my siblings, we all had the same parents and we all pretty much did the same thing, but my three oldest, um, two were lawyers, two are lawyers. My sister is, uh, she's a mom and then has continued to be a really incredible harpist. So she does it every now and then, cause she'll wow. circle back to that. And then out of the three youngest, one's a business consultant. And then me and my younger brother have really pushed that artistic side. He's a composer down in Hollywood and, and works on really big budget movies and video games and I make now YouTube movies and, and documentaries. That's so cool, man. I love that. I bet y'all have fun family reunions. I bet y'all get together. Yeah. And <laughs> that's so cool. That's awesome. Hey, was there ever a moment where you had doubts of your ability of, you know, your trajectory as a, as in, in this industry? Like, did you ever have a moment where you're like, ah, I just don't know if this is actually going to work out? Or did you always have that passion, that fire, that drive where you're like, I'm going to figure out no matter what? Well, I think uh, yes and no. I mean, deep down, I think like 
as I'm getting out of college, you have the fear of like, okay, is going to Hollywood really going to work? And maybe that's one of the reasons I didn't actually pursue that 100%. Like I, I hedged my bets by taking contract work locally mm. and then figuring out like I was, uh, I got engaged towards the, my senior year of college. And so like making sure that my family life was going to be set up and it wasn't just me that I had to worry about. I had to worry about me and my wife. And so, yeah, maybe there's some little he- hesitancies there, but I wasn't worried that I wasn't going to make money being creative um, until I, I wasn't worried about money. I was more worried about being creatively fulfilled. Mm. So like the first two or three years I worked for CrossFit, my job was uh, like my first big assignment was create a new show that covered the sport. And so we created this like TV web show called, uh, shoot, what do we even call it? The update show or something like that. It was some new show that ran every week on CrossFit's uh, Instagram or not Instagram. They didn't have that at the time, YouTube. So we put up YouTube videos every week of this news uh, covering the sport and what was going on in the community. Um, yeah, it was called the update show. I'm totally splicing right now. And then, uh, then that led to me being like in charge of the live broadcast. So now I'm, I'm sitting in a, in a production truck looking at 50 screens saying, hey, camera one, get ready. We're coming to you. All right, camera one, take camera one. Camera two, pan over here and get this shot. And I'm directing all these live cameras and um, producing TV shows for ESPN. But that was very much like not what I wanted to do. I don't watch a lot of live sports. I watch movies like that's not my entertainment. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was just kind of like doing what I was told to do as opposed to being what seeing what I wanted to do and create the inner, the kind of content that I watch personally. And so CrossFit was a really open company. They were really uh, interested in developing young talent and giving people opportunities like myself. And so when I said like, Hey, I'm not really fulfilled here doing that job. Like I just, am unhappy. And if I continue to do this, I'm not going to be working for this company much longer. Is there other ways to utilize me? Mm-hmm. They were extremely open to that and let me then go kind of on a journey. Cause I put in hours, like I killed myself from 2010 through 2012 producing those shows. I put in long nights, like sleeping four hours a night at the office from 9am till 4am every day. Um, like those were gnarly times. So I put in my sweat work but then that opened the door for me to be able to, to kind of lead my own path there and, and find my destiny of what I was able to do. Um, and from that point forward, I, I didn't ever worry about money because I had this salary. It was just about creatively trying to find happiness. I trying love to find that. happiness in a career. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's so good. I think, you know, I want, I want to pull something out of that because sure. I think a lot of times and, and you you've been like a living testament and an example of this. A lot of people are scared, especially like people my age, you know, get right getting out of college. They want they want to be comfortable. They want to go where they think they're supposed to go, but they deep down have a desire, have a passion to do something different. I think there's so much truth and so much value in betting on yourself and, and just believing that hard work and your passion and the alignment there, assuming it's in God's plan and it's it's kind of where you're headed. Like it can be such a, a valuable thing down the road, but you have to you have to go through that phase of where it probably was a little bit uncomfortable. There's probably not everything's lined up the way it looks in our head. I don't know if that's something you experienced, but I mean, it sounded like as you kind of got into it and progressed and worked, it, things started to shift and mold and, and become more clear. Yeah. And so when, when it became a time where you would think that it would be sketchy, like uh, I think my business partner was really worried. So in 2018, fall of 2018, CrossFit made a huge change as a company and they let go of their entire media wing. 
and changed the entire direction of the sport. I think they thought that the sport was getting too much attention. They wanted to put their focus as a company and energy on the basics of what CrossFit is. And so they let go of all of, but of, of like 70 people that worked in CrossFit and their media and the game staff, they lowered that to like two people that worked in the media team, wow. uh, two to one. And, and, uh, Mars and I, like we worked making these doc- making documentaries for CrossFit. And so I saw pretty early on that our job wasn't going to be there very often, very long. Um, and we were let go in October of 2019 or 2018. And in my head, it was, it was never like, Oh, am I going to, am I going to be successful doing this? It was never that because I had already been successful and I had done that for somebody else. Mm. I'd put in all that sweat equity and built someone else's company. And then my reward was being let go and, and, and shut, kicked out the door. Um, I took that same mentality and put it towards my own business. And I said, okay, well, if, if I can do this for somebody else, it will be successful if I put that same energy and creativity into my business. Mm-hmm. And so that's really when I bet on myself and, and bet on what uh, I was capable of in starting um our journey in 2019. So two or three months later, we launched our YouTube channel called the buttery bros, which we didn't intend to be what it is now. It was always just supposed to be a behind the scenes of what we were working on. Um, and that grew really incredibly as well as, uh, producing two of our own documentaries since then as well. That's, that's incredible. So how did you, what's the origin story of you and Morrison's relationship? Uh, back so early days of CrossFit, I was working, um, I was living here in Salt Lake city. I'm, I live in Salt Lake now. I've, moved away and come back. Um, he lived locally here in Salt Lake and his girlfriend at the time was competing at a CrossFit event. And so he wanted to go out and film it. Um, I was like the representative from CrossFit headquarters and had control of who had access to the competition floor. Um, at least that's what people thought. I didn't really care. I didn't even know if someone could or couldn't get on the competition floor. (laughs) But like I told the event organizer that, yeah, that, Hey, this guy's with me. Um, cause he had come up to me and said, Hey, is there a way I could get access to the competition floor? I'll share my footage with you. And I was like, yeah, I'll tell him that you're shooting with me and that you're giving me the footage and, uh, just come by my house later this week and give me a drop off some footage on a hard drive. So that was my first interaction with Marsden. He, he filmed with me that weekend. He came by my house like two days later and dropped off a hard drive with footage that was not only well shot, but it was extremely well organized and like well thought out and in, in like delivering the content to me. Um, and made my editing way easier. And so, uh, and we got along in those two interactions. And so I said, Hey man, like I'm working, I just started working with this company CrossFit. They're awesome. They're really fun. If you want to keep shooting that kind of stuff, I'll put you in touch. And so I put him in touch with CrossFit. I ended up not really seeing him for like four or five months. Um, and then getting them, I got him hooked up on some other gigs that we were working at the time. Um, and then when I moved down to Santa Cruz about nine months later, he and I continued to kind of go back and forth and be friendly on uh, just via text and seeing each other every now and then at the CrossFit events. Um, he was one of the first people that I thought of when we needed to build a team to produce not only our update show, um, but the ESPN shows for CrossFit. And so he agreed to move down there with me full time. And uh, he, he, tells that I was kind of the guinea pig to go down and see what Santa Cruz is like and see if it's worthwhile. And so uh, he moved down in 2011 and then we became really good and close friends working really close for the next eight years at CrossFit headquarters. 
That's amazing. And then I want to, I want to dive into like the, the formation of the buttery bros, kind of the inspiration one, how did you guys come up with the name? And two, what was, what was the original intent and purpose behind what you guys created? So we, yeah. Okay. So the buttery bros is like, it's this weird, fun brand, right? Like we've, we've turned it into this kind of insane, weird thing where if we see some people that know what, who we are, like, I got out of my car the other day at Dick's Sporting Goods and there was someone waiting. They had seen me in my truck that we have, I have this big, bright blue and yellow buttery bros truck. And I got out of my truck and I was walking into Dick's Sporting Goods and this guy looked at me and starts litter boxing like this. If you're people, but basically you move your hands like a cat digging the litter box. And uh, that's a sort of a dance that buttery bro fans do now that we've, they've, if they've watched enough of our weird shows. Anyway, so the name buttery bros came from when we were working together at CrossFit uh, we would like nail a shot. It would be well-composed. It'd be super smooth. It would be in slow motion. Um, and you'd be like, Hey guys, come check out this shot. It's super buttery, dude. And <laughs> go around the camera and look at it and be like, Oh, that is buttery, bro. All right. See ya. And then, uh, when we were starting our, our company, like we were like, what do we name this? And, um, we came up pretty quickly with the name buttery bros, but we didn't want to just be like, we didn't really think the, the, like our focus wasn't the YouTube, but we had other focus, which I'll get into, but we, we wanted, I was like, well, it can't be just bros because what if we hire girls to work with us? Like <laughs> it's 2019, bro. Like we can't just be guys and uh, so our official company name is all butter because we shoot all butter all the time, but our YouTube is just Mars and I, and, and we're the buttery bros. Um, and our YouTube, we, we started, like I mentioned earlier, is it was really like I had been filming with a bunch of these athletes and one named Brent Fikowski in particular, I filmed with uh, and while working for CrossFit. And I created this YouTube show called uh, Road to the Games, and he was featured on an episode and he went out of his way on his social media to promote it. And I was like, oh, man, thank you so much for promoting it. It makes such a big difference when the athletes get behind the content. Mm. Um, and his response was, Hey, no, man, like you guys are coming out here. You chose to come film with me, which is really cool. And now I have a piece of content that I can show my grandkids when I was at my peak and when I was doing really cool things. And in my head, I was like, wow, yeah, that's a really cool philosophy. I kind of want that for me, you know, like I want to be able to show my kids cool things that I'm doing. And I want to be able to show my grandkids like things that I did. And so we started this sort of just as like a behind the scenes, like legitimately the first com- the first episode we did is called Acid Bath and Matt Fraser's Garage. And it was January 1st, 2019. We had gotten a last second call to go to uh, Matt's house to film a commercial for a brand that I can't really go into because it didn't end up working out for him. But we filmed this entire commercial over the course of two days. And uh, then in our free time, when we were not getting on the, cl- when we were not on the clock, we just pulled out the camera and documented our own little goofing around while we were there. And we thought this is kind of fun. Let's just put it up on YouTube and see what happens. And, and um, then it's, it's spawned from being like this. We would go to events. So like you and I just saw each other at Wadapalooza in Wadapalooza mm-hmm. in 2019, we, we shot like six projects. We were, we were there uh, creating a highlight video for Wadapalooza, the event that same, we were there being um, hired by a CBD, CBD medic or some, uh, some CBD company. I forget the name of it now um, to shoot uh, a highlight video of their booth and an interview with their, their CEO. 
And then we had a, a sketch comedy series called Danny Broflex that we shot an episode with Dan Bailey and Matt Fraser. And then we had um, our own, uh, and then all of this was to fund what we were trying to do that year, which is a docu-series about the 2019 CrossFit Games season. And then on top of that, now we're adding on the Buttery Bros. And to make it fun, I was like, okay, we got to keep it really simple. So we'll produce two episodes out of here. So we had seven things that we were trying to do while we were there on site. Um, and that quickly became something that we were like, that's, we can't sustain that. That's unsustainable. <laughs> Which of these do we want to do? And it came down to like, well, if we could just do the Buttery Bros and make our movie or our series, that would be the best situation. So flash forward like another month and a half later, we've been, we had made like three episodes or four episodes by this point. We did uh, Acid Bath, two at Wadapalooza. Man, I guess our fourth one was, was London. So on episode four, we tried to, tried to make it something that we, where we could uh, turn it into a business or we could get a sponsor and we couldn't get any sponsors to agree to work with us. Um, and we couldn't get events to get us to be at their place. So we were just struggling all over the place because we hadn't really provided a proof of concept yet. And so we, we decided to max out our credit cards, go to London for the first week of the CrossFit Games Open and a CrossFit Games, uh, uh, it was the sanctional, that was the term at the time where you could win this event in London and it would qualify you for the CrossFit Games that summer. Gotcha. And so we were going to document that for our docuseries. We shot some commercials for a couple of brands while we were there. And then also we did some, a Buttery Bros show about that week's CrossFit Games Open. And we intentionally made it look extremely professional. We took it to another level. We shopped it to some sponsors. And by the next week, we had sponsors agreeing to come on board and work with us. And since that fifth episode, basically, we've, we've had brands associated with the, uh, the Buttery Bros show in, in some capacity, except for one. So out of the 136, we've had 131 of them sponsored, which has been incredible. What, what does that even look like when you're having those conversations? Like, is it, uh, you're, you're, you're just saying, let's work together. Let's figure out a way to make this make sense for you guys. And then you guys just give them credit as kind of the sponsor of the video. Well, we, we didn't want it to be just as, as, uh, we didn't want it to just be like, Hey, uh, here's this episode is provided by whoop, um, by their product, you know, like we wanted yeah. it. Like, I, I don't think that that's good. Like that's not a win-win for anybody. Right. We wanted to only work with brands where both parties had a benefit and could, and um, what it wasn't just a check, like it, it needed to be incorporated into the show in a really uh, either educational or humorous way. Mm -hmm. And so um, when we would talk to brands, it would be like, uh, I remember the first brand I agreed to it was RPM jump ropes. And I was like, look, guys, uh, we have historically at the CrossFit Games open there is always a double under workout. And so we'll get back from London. I think I emailed them from London. I said, we'll, we'll come by your offices next week. We'll build out a custom jump rope and we'll just film a segment. And whenever they announce double unders in the CrossFit Games open workout that week, we'll incorporate this scene into that show. Mm. And they were all about it. So we went by their headquarters. We designed a jump rope. We had it printed out. Um, and we showed what they were capable of doing as a brand and show, highlighted their product. And then we highlighted how we use the product in a workout that actually that week. So like we filmed that segment thinking that sometime in the next four weeks, up the next day, double under showed up in the workout and it went into that next show. And it was, you know, it was, it was then quickly when brands saw that, like, Hey, this isn't just like, a uh, 
logo just slapped at the end of the beginning mm. and the beginning of the video, like it's really incorporated. Um, people were able to see that, that, uh, a number of things, our passion behind what the product was and that we're excited about it in general. Like I'm a consumer. I like to, to get new fun things. And then I like to show my audience like what I'm excited about. And they too seem to get excited about it as well. No, that's, that's so valuable because everything you guys have done and it looks, it just looks so genuinely authentic. And I know it is because you, that's who you guys are as people, but that's, that's helpful to know as, as people navigate that space, like everything you guys have done, because y'all are working with a lot of amazing companies. And so I was curious about how you went about that. And I'm sure there was some strategy involved where you guys would only seek out, you know, companies you aligned with. Yeah. I mean, we get approached pretty regularly by, by all kinds of companies. Um, and luckily enough, we're in a position where we can, we can be selective and work with brands that we really like their energy. And, and um, it, it's a combination of both seeking out brands or brands finding you to find a nice um, happy medium of, of uh, everybody winning uh, as part of the production. For sure. So I, I want to kind of dive into this, the development of the brand. So you guys started out posting content on YouTube. You guys were kind of documenting the behind the scenes of all the projects, the different things you were working on. Where did you guys start to see, you know, gear, you know, apparel product? Like where did that kind of start to develop and what was, what was kind of the reasoning or the push to, to do those things? Let me, let me ask you, uh, by gear or product, are you talking about like our own product? Yes. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. Like when you guys started to develop your brand and started to go into different avenues and different departments, like how did, how did those things come about? Ooh, so we, <laughs> for the first like six months, we were sewing over our head that we didn't even think about it. Like we put up a t-shirt through somebody else's website <laughs> and it, it did like, okay, but it was, it was a lot of work and it just didn't seem like people were gravitating towards it. And so that was like, that was like the middle of March. So it was like month three. And then we just stripped it. We were like, yeah, let's not do that anymore. So we pulled that down and uh, we just worked for like, still for the first five months we were doing, anytime we would go somewhere, it would be like commercial work, documentary work and buttery rose work. And slowly we started to like strip the commercial work out because that's, that's mm -hmm. where we would have the biggest headache and where we would let brands down. Like we would get to a shoot having not slept because we were at an event all weekend um, <laughs> editing our buttery bros show. And then like the next day we'd get on site for a commercial for like a, a drink company and they would be happy with the product, but I wasn't happy with it. Cause it wasn't like, it didn't feel like I was at hundred percent or operating at my highest level while in production. And so I wasn't always confident. And I was like, these are turning out okay, but we're getting lucky at some point we could drop the ball and it would be bad for everybody. Let's just remove that. Like mm -hmm. the second you're not passionate about it, strip it and get focused on your passions. And so, um, uh, around, uh, we met this guy named Ken around April. Yeah. Cause he sponsored an April episode and he had this company called Wad Bomb, which was one of those subscription boxes where you pay like 20 bucks a month or $30 a month and they stuff it full of stuff and they send it to you. And he wanted to produce a, a buttery bros t-shirt to go into his box. And we were like, well, we don't, we don't want to produce a t-shirt. Uh, like we don't have someone doing that. And he's like, well, no, 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 I'll print them. I'll make them. We're like, okay. So we did it. And the boxes did incredibly well for him. Uh, I wasn't sure the numbers. I just got the, the pay, the fee for being, you know, the marketing for that month. And then he came back and he said, Hey, I want to do this again. And it was like two months later, a month later, like it wasn't much longer. He wanted us to do this for his June subscription box. So we said, okay, 
we did it a second time. And by the, from that second time, he said, look, like you guys have tripled my business in this short period of time with like your fan base. What if we just sold your t-shirts? And I, I was like, well, like we did that. It didn't work out that well. Why don't you, if you want to do that, like, I don't have the bandwidth. I know where my energy is and I don't want to be a t-shirt guy. How about you come to me with a proposal of what that looks like? So he came back with a proposal. We liked it enough. And we signed it. And from that point forward, like our t-shirts did incredibly well the next time we did them. And then we put out a second t-shirt that did really well. And that just opened a whole new uh, revenue stream for our business um, where the thing I'd kind of forgot was that like fans want to rep that. Like if you're not making those, you're, you're, you're taking away an opportunity from them to help you. And not only are they giving you money for a shirt, which is, you know, like, that's cool. I'm happy that they're doing that. But what's cooler is that they're wearing it and like rocking the brand and starting conversations about the buttery bros by people just seeing our, our weird, incredibly cool graphic t-shirts and, and, and helping us by, by having conversations about the buttery bros and, and having our, our brand be out there. And so, um, from that point forward, we were kind of, we were, were all in on those and, and figuring out how to maximize, um, cool things for people to be repping the brand with that's that's so cool yeah it's cool to see like one of my buddies actually so we started this this brand when i was playing college basketball western and my friend that's that actually designed the logo put it all together ambition of mine aim he's a he's a crossfit coach at the local gym in in our in our town and he's the one who actually told me about you guys way like this was probably two years ago Awesome. And he's like, he always wore your stuff, had your shirts. Like, it's so cool. And I'll, he'll, I mean, he's going to love this episode, but, um, but it, it's so cool to see the evolution of that. And also like, not only are you guys, and I'm sure your motives are to help people, to entertain, to bring positivity, which is just kind of like the last thing I want to talk to you about, but also you're, you're able to create this awesome community of people. And through that, I just think it's, it's such a cool ex- experience and opportunity what you guys have done. Thanks, man. Yeah. We, we love what we do. We love our the biggest thing that I learned when being let go from HQ um, was that CrossFit is bigger than, than HQ. It's all, it's the community that, that really stands out. And we're lucky enough that we've been able to pull a really niche audience out of that of, of like, anytime I go somewhere and I meet a Buttery Bros fan there, we're instantly like, I know what their personality is because I know what they're into. And if like, I would watch my show if I wasn't on the show, you know, like that's, it's the kind of thing where I would watch anyways. And so if you're into what I, what we're doing, you probably have a similar lifestyle to me and, and we'll get along. You know? That's amazing. What, what's the future of Buttery Bros? Where are you guys headed? Do you have any exciting projects you'd like to talk about or anything you guys are working on or what's, what's new with the Buttery Bros? Um, well, we've, we've leveraged that to be, so multiple answers for that. Um, in terms of us as a, as a business, we've, we've started other businesses. Like we uh, launched a supplement company called Podium, which is available nationwide in GNCs now. We partnered with Matt Fraser, the five times CrossFit Games champion on that. And that's been a really fun uh, business to help develop um, simultaneous to the Buttery Bros. The Buttery Bros is where we put 99, 95% of our energy and focus into growing that. Um, we just see a lot of freedom in being able to control what we say and where we say it by, by being our own entity. And so a lot of our focus is, is going to grow our YouTube channel, which up until like, uh, basically up until July or August of 2021, it was sort of a side project to our documentaries. Like our documentaries were the number one focus. Now we're, we're able to like, just put our time and energy into the buttery Bros show. And we've, we've 
played with different formulas. We played with different show formats and um, types of content. And we've found really great success doing that and figuring out, you know, how to grow that channel, but that's where our, our energy is going. And then just continuing to inspire other people to, to find like the documentaries we made are really cool. They're like the tip of the spear of what is human be possible. The buttery rush show is like for the general population, you know, mm-hmm. like we're, we're kind of, I, I like to think we're kind of everyday people, especially when you contrast us with like a, a Justin Medeiros or a <laughs> where like they kick our butts in workouts, but like we work out so hard to just be like average in the sport. And so, uh, <laughs> We want to inspire other people to be like, oh, maybe I don't need to be a Tia Claire Toomey or a, or a Matt Fraser or, a, a, you know, Laurel Horvath to be really good at this sport uh, uh, or healthy or happy. Like mm-hmm. I can just go do this and pay attention to my food and I can still eat, you know, a dessert every now and then. But if I focus on the right things, I can have a happier, healthier life and, and better relationships with my family and friends as a result of that and more energy and, and just a better life overall. And so that's kind of where our focus is now and why we've taken our energy so much off the documentaries and more on the buttery bro show is because I think it has a broader reach and it's just so much fun. <laughs> that's awesome. And I love that. What, I mean, how extensive is the preparation process, the planning process of like, I'm sure you guys have episodes and content planned out for a long, long time. And I'm like, what, how detailed do you guys go? How granular is it? Uh, that's, that's it you'd be surprised by our answer and it depends episode to episode. So like, honestly, we're mapping out next week's episode still, and we will be making alterations to it until we're actually like in the middle of production. We'll come up with ideas. Um, Back in 2020, we had a whole like six months planned out and we were going to be in Europe. We were going to be all over the world from Australia to London, to, to Uruguay, to, um, uh, Bali to, to the Bahamas. Like we had, we basically, I was not going to be home a whole lot and thankfully COVID hit (laughs) (laughs) say that tongue in cheek, but like, it worked out really well for me, which was like, I had all these amazing plans and we knocked it. Like we had really good organization, but it was like, I wasn't going to see my family or my, my wife and, and for like weeks at a time. Mm -hmm. And so then we had to pull dramatically back and figure out, figuring out what we're going to do this week during the COVID. And what are we going to do this time? I shouldn't say that word. That might not help your, I get like muted on social media. If no, I you're good. That. You're good. Anyways, <laughs> uh, so we, uh, we tend to plan week to week and sometimes we'll get ahead. Like Marsden had surgery at the beginning of February. So we were like, Oh, he's not gonna be able to travel in an airplane for, for two weeks. So let's go plan out these two episodes. And we shot the Brooke Wells twinning episode and then, and then the Rich Froning one. And then while we were in Salt Lake, I had an idea to shoot an episode that we're dropping tomorrow. So probably about the same time this podcast, I don't know when it's coming out, but um, called uh, I did a thousand burpees for time. And that's crazy. So that will be up. And we had like, we planned that sort of as we were going like an hour before the, we started shooting, we were coming up with ideas of what was going to happen in the episode. Um, so episode dependent we'll have really good plans for some and others we're, we're shooting from the hip and hoping that we can come up with uh great ideas and content and hooks and 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 inspirational stuff but like generally it's sort of just a documentation of what we're doing on a day-to-day basis with with uh some direction in terms of uh a story arc 
That's so cool, man. I love, I love just picking people's brains that are doing it at a high level and just kind of de- depicting and just getting in, into like how they, they, they process their, their system. But that's super cool. How do you balance the, the travel with your family and everything? Cause you're all over the place, obviously. And I know you're really, you know, you love your family and they're a huge part of your life. So how do you balance that? That's definitely hard to do. Um, and I've asked a lot of people that do similar stuff with me, like, how do they do it? Cause, cause no one, <laughs> honestly, like I work with some incredibly talented people. Um, but I, I tend to be the only one in most of the circles with a wife and even more so the only one with, uh, with kids, you know, like some have a partner or a, a girlfriend, but very rarely am I interacting with someone with, with two kids as well. Um, so when I get to, to someone that's doing something similar, I always pick their brains. And some of the common things that I hear back are, um, always be present when you're home. Like I have a, I have a hard time of not putting my phone away, but I'll try and put my phone away. Um, and then one-on-one time with people. So, uh, like I try to take my wife out at least once a week. Um, and then, uh, my kids, I try to have, uh, we call it dudes day where, where I just basically kick my wife out of, she doesn't get to hang out with us. She gets to have FOMO, but we get to go do whatever it is the boys want to do. And like, Last week we went to breakfast. I, I picked the breakfast spot the night before I said, Hey, we're going to go to this restaurant. And then from there, you guys are going to pick what we're going to do. And so that we, we left there and they're like, let's go wash the car. And then we went and, <laughs> and then I was like, what next? And they're like, let's go to get air. So then we went to a trampoline park and then they wanted to play video games. So we played video games and then we went home and I was like, okay, we've done three things that you guys want to do. It's daddy's turn. We're going to go squat. And we went in the backyard and we loaded up barbells and we squatted. And then, uh, and we put that away and they were like, we want to go get pizza. And we went to the pizza place and there was a long restaurant. And so then the three of us wandered out and we found this, uh, another, like basically like a virtual arcade place. It was crazy, but, uh, this really fun place where we just played. And so trying to do things like that, where they get to have some power and some say in what we're doing. Um, but really the idea behind it is, is creating activities where we're creating memories Mm. that stand out for them. That's good. And so uh, trying to, to set a precedent so that when they're with me, they have my attention, they have my, my um, yeah, really my attention. And, and we together as a family will find ways to create memories. I love that. Yeah, my, that's something my mom always talks about is being very intentional. And it's all, it's all about like quality over quantity. Um, yep. and just having those really good moments together. But that's, that's awesome, man. You're, you're an incredible dad. And obviously you're helping so many people through the buddy bro. So it's cool to see kind of how you balance both, um, amazing opportunities to lead and impact. Thanks, man. Awesome. Fun job. You, yeah. You've been incredible, man. Thank you so much for this time. You know, my last question is wrapping this thing up is kind of, if you could give yourself one piece of advice, looking back, being reflective of like your whole timeline and journey so far. And I know you probably or in the mindset of you still have so much more to do and continue to help and grow. But is there one thing that kind of sticks out to you that you not necessarily wish you'd have done differently, but just something you'd have been more aware of or conscious of as you were younger? Um, that's, a, that's a heavy question. I think the, uh, <laughs> I think what I would tell my younger self is to invest and believe in you mm. and, and build a life and uh, figure out life goals that you want to accomplish for you, not for somebody else. Like if your life goal is to like uh, speaking of family and balancing time, like I think there's times where my wife is probably a little envious of like a typical nine to five 
or a husband that's that's always home at 6 yeah. p.m., always available with the kids, can can is in town, isn't traveling one week out of every month minimum. Um, you know, like, but am I gonna? I wouldn't be happy doing that, and I wouldn't be a happy husband, and I wouldn't be a happy a father doing that. I would, I would hold grudges and I would, I, I don't, I, I just assume, I, I don't know. Um, but like find what you're excited about, find what you're passionate about and dive in. That's good. I love that. Thank you so much, man. That's great advice, man. You have been incredible. Just someone to look up to and just kind of see how you've grown your platform and helped people, man. And I just, I can't, I can't thank you enough for all your positive energy, man. I I'm, I'm huge on meeting people that have that energy. Thanks, man. Good to talk with you, Doug. Awesome. Thank you so much for being on the podcast. Thank you guys so much for listening to another great episode of the AIM podcast. I love Heber and all the stuff those guys are doing and all of his positive energies putting out into the world. If you love this podcast, I ask that you kindly leave it a rating and review and share it with a friend. Share it with someone you think it could potentially help. Let's get after it this week. Let's crush it. And as always, let's keep ambition in mind.